0: Underdog Sports MLB Show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Podorski and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode two fourteen of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Podorski Is two
1: fourteen the average Chris Davis contender?
0: Uh, Chris Davis with a K. No, that was actually 247 to give the Chris Davis of the world a little bit of credit on the batting average front, which Lord knows they both needed.
1: Yeah, they really do.
0: We are recording this 8.05 a.m. on Tuesday, May 9th. Uh, I'm recording it currently from a hotel in Pittsburgh. I got my dad sort of asleep in the background, um, which I don't feel too bad about because he snored all night and kept me awake. So we're calling the spade, spade, calling and even here. For the first time in the podcast, I have a ballpark review. Usually, it's you going to the new stadiums. Uh, last night, I went to the Rockies-Pirates game at PNC Park. Um, overall review on PNC Park, by the way. Incredible stadium. It is – you've been, right? It's a, I would say it's a beautiful major league stadium with minor league charm, if that makes sense. Is that because the team's been bad for so long? It might have been because there felt like there was as many people at the Somerset Patriots game I was at as the Pirates game yesterday, um, which is too bad because for me, I, I hit what would have been a trifecta incredibly long odds on Um The game was under two hours, which was awesome. Hour 57 game from start to finish. Mitch Keller, who's our first player of the week this week, uh, he threw a four-hit shutout, one walk, struck out 804 pitches. It was the Pirates' first complete game shutout to Jameson Tyon in 2018 and their first complete game in 370 games. Uh, so shout-out to Mitch Keller. And on top of it, I had an RSS, Scatico Random Siding, uh in Pittsburgh, of all places. So pretty epic way to spend the Monday night at PNC Park, a great ballpark. Uh, what you eat? Um, we actually didn't really eat at the stadium. Our eating schedule was a little all over yesterday. So we just got a hot dog and a pretzel. There's a great salon across the street from our hotel. I think it's called the salon. Uh, so we've actually eaten there the past two nights. I think tonight when we go back is when we're going to do our full array of eatings.
1: Oh, you're going to, the, you're going to the Pirates game again.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, look, if you make the six, six, six and change hour drive to Pittsburgh, you're getting your money's worth at the park. You,
1: you know, more power to you.
0: Plus, I, I mean, amazingly enough, we, I think we were sitting in section eight. So we were probably four rows off the right side of the visiting dugout and the tickets were
1: $39. Yeah. I mean, the fun, the sad reality of that $39 is that's not, um, the Yankee prices are probably the greater outlier than the Pirates prices for those seats.
0: Oh, absolutely. And it's. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's cool. You know, it's like as much as I love Yankee Stadium and the Bronx, it's so cool to go to these other towns and other cities to go to certain games where they build up the infrastructure around the stadiums. Um, you know, fortunately, Yankee Stadium and City Field, by virtue of being in Queens and the Bronx, they don't have that. Um, but I, I think, think
1: Yankee Stadium, there are certain. The City Field is on an absolute.
0: Yankee high. Yankee does to some degree, but it's the same it, it's not somewhere you could go for uh, for argument's sake to like bring a family before the game. It's great for me and you going to Billy's Stans, the Bodega, all those places. But Cantina. The can't Taco Bell Cantina, the dugout, but you know, for a family of fourth, there's a million restaurants, there's a million places you could go. And and honestly, from a culture standpoint, it's cool being in Pittsburgh. I, I mean the the architecture, the bridges, seeing all that is great also, but um you get the stadium formerly known as Heinz Field. I was unaware that they changed the name. The even, what do you think it's called?
1: Acreser Field.
0: Yeah, I don't like that new name, so I'm not even. I'm just it gonna. I'm just gonna still call it Heinz Field.
1: I was at you know you know I was at the first regular season game at the Jerk.
0: Yeah, I saw that name on a billboard, and I was like, "Oh, that must be where Pitt plays." And then I was like, "Oh wait, Pitt plays at Heinz Field." There are um, a
1: lot. Have you seen any shirts? Because Pittsburgh's a great Spitz, Pittsburgh. I mean, this isn't the Pittsburgh podcast, but if we're going to do one more ode to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh loves, loves, loves their sports. Teams. It's a fantastic sports town. The apparel,
0: know, the apparel is great. Walking
1: around, there's apparel everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's just a bunch of t-shirts, um, fun t-shirts for their teams. And they're all the same color, scheme, which I
0: like. Yeah, I'm going to try to get a Garrett Cole pirate shirt today. I was thinking of what to get, and I was like, oh, that's the, uh, a no-brainer.
1: You should get the shirt that says it's still
0: Heinz to me. I might get a shirt that says, um, it said chicken on the hill. And I heard that the story behind it was Willie Stargell when he was playing with the pirates. Anytime he had a home run, his restaurant gave out free chicken. So, you know, fun fun little backstory there.
1: Um, Steel jungle where dreams are
0: made of. It's also just cool. And then, you know, we'll move on to our regularly scheduled program. It's cool when you walk around, it's like, Turn left on Tony Dorsett Boulevard or go right on Bill Mazeroski. I don't know. It's like little stuff like that that's cool and charming for people who love sports like we do.
1: And I mean, if we're going to do, if we're going to keep going down this Pittsburgh rabbit hole, great art came from, from Pittsburgh. Andy Warhol,
0: Pittsburgh guy. I'm also a big fan of statues outside the stadium when they're done well. And Pittsburgh has four. They have uh, Mazeroski, Star Joel, Onus Wagner, and Clemente. And each one is just nicer than the next, and they're very well spread out.
1: When you're at the airport on tomorrow?
0: On tomorrow, yes.
1: They have a Franco Harris.
0: uh... Well, of course, I'm going to go take the. I mean, that's the cliche picture for a reason, but of course, I'm going to take it.
1: Shout out Pittsburgh, but I think Pramani Brothers is terrible. Don't go to the Pramani Brothers in the airport.
0: Uh, You know what? Even the one at the stadium yesterday, my dad was like, are we going to get this? I'm like, well, A, it's 1,000 calories, so I feel like I could spread my 1,000 calories out better. But B, it was like a $23 sandwich.
1: Yeah, the uh, stadium. When I was I was there a long time ago. The pierogies at the stadium. Were very
0: good. Yeah, um, Oliver. I was rooting for Oliver the pierogi yesterday. He did not win the race. I forget who actually won.
1: Keep us posted. What are the Bavada odds on uh, the pierogi race tonight?
0: I think we're gonna just hammer Oliver. It's like how I've bet the four train every game I've been to for the past ten years. Uh, that works. You gotta just hope for the best. Um, all right, let's do our. Avada Picks of the Week. Uh, We've got a couple good pitching matchups today, so I will uh, limit it to three. Rays versus the Orioles. Zach Eflin in Tampa in Baltimore against Grace Rodriguez. Rays just keep winning. Three-nothing shutout yesterday. Minus one-and-a-half, plus 128, minus 132 for the Rays. Plus one-and-a-half, minus 154, plus 112 for Baltimore. Over is eight-and-a-half, minus 102. I kind of like the over here. Minus 102. F1, F1's been pitching well, but both of these offenses are really strong this year, as we've constantly seen uh as Yankee fans. And it was a three-nothing game yesterday, so I'm gonna zag when they zigged.
1: I agree. I couldn't agree more with the logic <laughs> on that. You know, they didn't score yesterday. They'll score, they'll get it back today.
0: Alec Manoa and the Blue Jays visiting Aaron Nola uh and the Phillies. Plus one and a half, minus one seventy-eight, plus one eighteen for Toronto, minus one and a half, plus one forty six, minus one thirty for the Blue Jays. Over under eight and a half. Uh, I'm gonna go over again here. Over I was thinking the same thing. Are we just gonna throw an all overs parlay? I I I mean, look, Nola has been killing my fantasy team. Um, so this is just gonna be a fade chase bet.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, just keep going, right in the overs. Those Philly needs to do something soon. I'm like, it's too early to panic for them, but they're on panic watch.
0: All right, marquee matchup of the night. Plus one and a half, minus one seventy six, plus one sixteen for the Astros and Framber Valdez visiting showtime. Shohei Ohtani and the Angels. Minus one and a half plus one forty-six minus one. Odds just moved, in fact, minus one forty-two. You can now get Astros money line plus one twenty. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it and not look back. Um Shohei, I mean, he struck out 13 in his last start, but he's given up, I think, five runs now, back-to-back starts.
1: How does Jordan hit against Shohei typically? Because I don't think
0: I don't think it matters. You know me; I'll take Jordan anytime, anywhere.
1: So fun, Jordan uh, to Homer prompt as well.
0: Um, and let's let's just do a good random award update. See if there's anything that I like. Um, you get the odds in Pennsylvania. I know that's why I'm looking at it right now. One of uh, us
1: needs to do this every week. One of us needs to be outside New York recording. So.
0: So one thing that I actually will say is I looked yesterday on my award bets that I actually placed, which were a little different than the ones that I did on the show. Um, And right now I placed the bets before we did the show. I'll own it. I took Corbin Burns to win the Cy Young again. He sucked. Sucks. Not sucked. Sucks. Um, Two of my bets though are looking good. Or I guess three technically, but two are the same player. My Shohei MVP at plus 220. Those Bavada odds are down to plus 105, so that's cool. My Shohei Cy Young at plus 700. Those are down to plus 450, also cool. Um, But my one that's really looking the good, I took Masataka Yoshida to win AL Rookie of the Year at plus 500. Those are down to plus 210. Always bet on the veteran international guys when possible.
1: Yeah, it's not – I don't want to say it's a cheat, because it's, it's It I,
0: is. It absolutely is.
1: But it's again, you're betting on.
0: Do it in every sport. If a guy comes over from Europe at 25 in the NBA, do the same thing. You'd be dumb not to.
1: It's like, yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, not that rookies are kids because they're professional athletes, but essentially you're betting on an adult to win a kids award.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, it varies by players. If a guy comes over at 22, 23, that's different. But uh, I think Yoshida is like 27. All right, well, let's I, go to let's go to the standings. Not a lot has changed in the last week. The good teams are still really good. Some of the bad teams are still mind-numbingly bad. Tampa Bay, twenty-nine and seven, first place in the AL East. Uh, Tampa is the fifth team in the World Series era. World Series started in nineteen oh three, so we're talking a full hundred years here. Five for fighting style. Fifth team in the World I would Series also era. Think the five for fighting. Fifth team in the World Series era to start 28 or seven or better through 35 games. Previous four to do so all made the World Series in that season and they went three and one. Tampa teams doing it all. Baltimore 22 and 13, six and a half back. Toronto 21 and 14, seven and a half back. Boston 21 and 15. Yanks last place, 19 and 17. Uh, This is from Sarah Langs. The AL East plus 146 run differential in April was the fifth highest division in a month in baseball history and their 623 winning percentage in April was the third highest by a division in a month, uh, behind only the 2001 AL West and the 2002 AL West, which were four-team divisions. So the 2003 AL East April uh, was the highest ever for a five-team division in a month. Um, This is an example of the good and the bad of the balanced schedule. Um, The good is – you don't have to play each other as much. You're not going to beat up on each other as much. The bad news is you you could be a team like the Yankees right now at 19 and 17, who, uh, again, uh, are the Yankees underachieving? Yes, but they're 10 games out in the AL East. They'd be in second place in the AL Central by a game. They'd be two out in the AL West. They would be three out in the NL Central, and they would be two out in the NL West. So credit to the Rays. Um, but this is just the reality of what the new schedule looks like for the AL East, probably for the foreseeable future.
1: I mean, Boston was the team everyone had penciled in to take a step back this year. And if they're going to be good, if they're going to be competitive, then this division could have. I mean, if I set the over-under, the
0: can all five t- teams
1: win 90 games here?
0: My heart says yes. I don't know if the mathematics allow it for it, but... I think it's certainly possible.
1: You know, if someone's on it, there's got to be a prop somewhere that all three wild cards come from the same division. I mean, I'm sure Bavada has it. What would you set the odds at? I all
0: don't even of- – honestly, I don't even know if I would have the odds that high just because I think at least coming into the year, it was so likely that that could have been done. And Well, I guess all three wild cards would be a little bit tougher, but – I mean, the AL least I would have said having three was very possible. The NL least I would have said minimum two.
1: Yeah, all three is
0: tough. All three is all three is tough. Um, Yanks uh, Sunday in, in a season where it's very early into the season, and we've already had some worst loss of the year candidates. I mean, Herman coming out after throwing the no hitter or the throwing shutout through eight, the 2 drubbing against the Guardians. I, I think Sunday's was the worst loss of the year, and it's not close. Which one was Sunday's? Up 6-0 in Tampa, chance to win the series, Garrett on the mound. You lose 7-6 in extra innings.
1: Yeah, that was a classic, oh, the Yankees got this. I can turn my attention to the NBA playoffs. I can start watching the NASCAR race, and you look up and score flashes on the bottom. It's an extras, and then we lost? Bad. It, yeah.
0: Yeah. Tough way to spend a car ride to Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, look, silver lining for the Yanks. Harrison Bader has done absolutely nothing but rake Uh, since he's been back. He's actually triples back-to-back games Sunday and Monday. A couple big home runs against Tampa. Judge did go on the injured list for that hip injury, but he's coming back today. That's obviously a huge boost. DJ's been hitting shit. Aaron Hicks hit his first home run of the year yesterday. Uh maybe a, a series against Oakland and just hopefully an ass kicking in the next two days is exactly what we needed to write the ship because right now it's uh ships treading water a bit.
1: Treading water is a polite way to put to put it. But no, definitely. I mean, these three games against they're mu- they're not must-win games. You don't have must-win games in the day. But this is a team the Yankees they need to sweep this team.
0: Yeah and and the interesting thing is too. I mean when we looked at the schedule, you know, we thought even a 500 month would be great and it's with this team it's like yeah it suck losing to the Rays. The way the team is right now against the Guardians and the Rays, even finishing 500 last week, I'm happy with. It's just one of those when you you won't look at it looking at the schedule overall, but for those of us who watch the game, you think damn, we had a we had Garrett on the mound with a chance to win both of those series should have done it. Should have done it. AL Central, Twins, 1916 and first, two and a half up on Detroit, Cleveland, White Sox, Kansas City, rounding out the division there. I actually watched a little bit of the White Sox last night. Did you know Dylan Cease is terrible?
1: Yeah, one of my friends.
0: Uh, I keep taking his over on strikeouts, and it's really yet to hit.
1: One there of my a- friends had me throw a bet on him while I was in Connecticut. Good thing he pays me early for these bets.
0: Yeah, at this point, it's it's not Larusa. Right, this is just a poorly constructed team that's super injury prone. It's top heavy. If the,
1: I'd say, if, I mean, look, injuries aren't an excuse, but I would actually say injuries are this team's biggest issue. Their guys just—they're no one's ever healthy on this team.
0: I mean, the Eloy injury list is becoming comical at this point.
1: I mean, i would be just, appendectomy, no joke, but I mean, that's. On top of everything else, now you...
0: And I also feel like when players... I mean, athletes obviously are freaks. Like, you and I wouldn't recover in this time. But I feel like most athletes are back before four to six weeks when they get an appendectomy. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Either way, waste of a fantasy pick. Uh, Whoever wins the Central, I think it's going to be an 85-win team at, at the most.
1: I think it's going to be Minnesota.
0: I think this is the inverse of everything I said about the AL East. They are now experiencing what life is like when you do play every team more. AL West, Texas still in first place, 20 and 13, getting along without the Grom and Seager. Angels two out. Astros three and a half back, 500. Mariners three and a half back. Also 500. A's eight and 28, 13 and a half back. I mean, they're counting down to Vegas. Yeah, I'm I'm if I'm an Astros fan, you know, they always figure out a way to do this, but uh with Garcia needing Tommy John surgery and Urquiti on the injured list now with the forearm injury. Uh, McCullers perpetually hurt. I, I don't think you can rely on Lance McCullers coming back to right the ship in a lot of ways. They um, got you
1: for Corbin Burns.
0: I think until they make a trade, this is going to be a team and a fan base that very much regrets not re-signing Justin Verlander. And I get why they did it, because you have Frommer, you have Javier, you have this depth, but that depth is not paying off.
1: It's Justin Verlander. They regretted not re-signing Justin Verlander the second they didn't sign Justin
0: Verlander. No, of course, but now it's like the worst case scenario is playing out in real time.
1: I trust that.
0: And at least Braves 24 and 11, seven up on the Marlins. Mets 17 and 18, also seven back. Phillies 16, 19, eight back. Nats 14 and 20, nine and a half back. Jeez, we're further back in the division than the Nationals. That's a really tough thing for me to say out loud. Um, I watched a little bit of Braves baseball last week. I was texting with my friend Jay, who's a big Braves fan. And. It really is just un- – well, there's two things that's unbelievable. One, if you're a Braves fan, every single one of you should be mandated to go buy an Oakland A's jersey. Every single one of you.
1: No, nah, just buy a Braves hat because all these countries always talk about the Braves.
0: Go buy go buy an A's shirt. Support the team that gave you Olsen and Sean Murphy, your two all-stars for pennies on the dollar. Um, but two, it, it really is just crazy to think when you look around the diamond – Murphy, seven year extension. Olsen, seven year extension. Albies, I think, has three or four years left. Riley, 11, 10, 11 year deal. Harris, seven year extension. Acuna. Riley got
1: a real contract, though. Riley didn't get a Braves.
0: Acuna, six, seven year deal. They just re signed Stripe. It's just the fact that this core, for I mean, forget forget the dollars and cents of it, which in itself is crazy, but the fact that they just have this core completely locked up is incredible.
1: Yeah, again, they are the Astros of the NL. They got it all locked. I trust them. Those would be the two front offices I trust the most. Atlanta and Houston right now. They do everything right. If they make, if they sign a guy, trust it. They trade for a guy, trust it. They lock someone up early, trust
0: it. NL Central, Pirates, twenty-one to fifteen, half a game up on the Brewers. Had a tough seven-game losing streak last week. I broke the streak last night. You're welcome, City of Pittsburgh. Cubs 17 and 18, three and a half back, Reds, Cardinals rounding out the division there. We're gonna talk more about the Cardinals in a bit, but the Cardinals are 12 and 24. That's a 333 winning percentage. Run differentials, negative 17. Um, so not great. They won six games at home, six games on the road. They've completely already managed to box your signing that you and I universally praised the Wilson Contreras signing. Um for context, they signed an all-star catcher. And 30 something games in said he's not going to catch anymore. Probably not the best way to allocate your resources. Um, I'm going to set a Bavada over under date of June 20th for Ali Marmel getting fired.
1: Uh, before, but so under, yes. It's just, I, 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 this is a team that. This just doesn't fit Cardinals' way. This team feels the Cardinals are the Cardinals are uh, they're a prideful organization who takes tends to do everything the right way. They're like you think of the Cardinals as the good guys of baseball. Uh, and this Marmol character is just he's like running he's running a muck on the sideline, and the whole club asses off. It seems like he has no control. The players don't seem to respond to him. They don't seem to like him and a, again the Pirates are in first place this division is winnable you don't want to fall too far back
0: yeah I mean again the Pirates just had it they lost every single game since we recorded the last podcast prior to last night and they're still in first place
1: yeah it's so I again I because I don't think at any point if you wait till June if you wait till July you might be too far gone yeah if you make this move now you can kind of reinvigorate the clubhouse
0: NOS, Dodgers back atop, 21-15, one up on the D-backs, Padres two and a half back, Giants four and a half back, Rockies 14-22, seven games back. One thing I will say about the Rockies, having seen them play last night, they at least have a lot of recognizable names for whatever that's worth. Uh did not know Blackman's Mike just,
1: I think Blackman's just gonna be there for the next 20 years, didn't we go?
0: Yeah, did not know Mike Mustakis was on that team. He played first last night.
1: I mean we this blackman Chris Bryant five years ago. That's the heart of your order. You're
0: thinking playoffs. Well, five years ago, the world was a very different place. Yeah. League leaders run scored. Uh, teammates, Cunha and Matt Olson, 30 apiece. Bo Bichette, leading baseball with 49 hits. Matt Matt Chapman, 17 doubles. Brandon Marsh, four triples. Muncie, twelve homers. Adalas Garcia, thirty-six RBIs. Juan Soto, 32 walks. Got that average up to 220. Uh, Estui Ruiz, 17 steals. Arise, still hitting 400, 414, 469 on base leading as well. Brent Rooker of the A's, 681 slugging. And Brent Rooker, 1.122 OPS. couple A's in there. Silver lining, I guess, if you're an Oakland fan. Pitching league leader, Shane McClanahan, 7 wins. He's 7-0. Sonny Gray, 135 ERA. Shutouts. We now have a bunch. Sandy Cobb, Garrett, Evaldi, Freed, Mitch Keller. Saves leader is Emmanuel Class with 12. Innings pitch, Garrett 51 and two-thirds. Strikeout leader, Spencer Strider with 67. Whip, Tyler Wells of Baltimore, .78. Average against Otani, 125. Good mix of names this week for the league leaders. Some new ones, some random ones. Good mix. Um, All right, here's one for you. Um, Bavada odds coming into the week that our first two players of the week would both be Pittsburgh Pirates,
1: knowing they're coming off a seven game losing streak. Yes, plus
0: 3,500. All right, so we got Keller. Uh, shout out to Colin Holderman, the relief pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who in a 3 2 loss to the Rays had an immaculate inning, the first of the year. Three struck out the side on nine pitches. And he did it against Tampa. So that's like a super immaculate inning this year. Good friend. Good friend. Shout out to Paul Goldschmidt. Snapped the Cardinals eight-game losing streak in a 12-6 win against the Tigers with a three-homer game. Um as good as Goldschmidt's been following up last year. Nolan Arenado has been bad. So Nolan Arenado, He's just figure, been bad. Figure it out. Um shout out to all the Bryces in the world. Uh, and all the Millers in the world with this next one, um, Bryce Miller of the Mariners faced off against Mason Miller of the A's last week, Mariners A's game. Um, and it was an incredible pitching matchup of young prospect. Uh, Bryce Miller was perfect until the sixth, but Mason Miller held the Mariners uh, hit list through seven innings. Mariners ended up to win, ended up winning this game 2-1 because, of course, they did. They were playing the A's. Um Bryce Miller became the first Mariners pitcher to strike out 10 in his major league debut and is only the third pitcher in, AL in NL history with 10 plus strikeouts and zero walks in his debut, joining Steven Strasburg and Johnny Cueto um, Miller struck out, at- Yeah. Always, always good on Cueto. Um, Bryce Miller all told uh, throughout the entire week went, um 12 innings of one run ball, he went six scoreless and gave up two hits versus the Astros. Um, so shout out to the Millers. It was a, uh, it was to the first time Miller's faced off on the mound, uh, and both are rookies and were born a day apart. Miller time, indeed.
1: Miller time.
0: Bo 5-for-5 five five in last Monday's loss to the Red Sox. Um, he has two five-hit games in his first 29 games this year. You have to go back to Wally Moon in 1954 for the last player to do that. Sean Murphy, two, rib- two homers, six ribbies in the first game of a doubleheader against the Mets, had two hits in the second game as well. Usually we have multi-homer games in their own category, but Fernando Tatis in a 5-2 win versus the Dodgers. uh, He's the only player now to have multiple multiple multi-homer games versus our King Clayton Kershaw. Tatis is back. um, It's interesting because
1: he's coming off the the suspension, and I think there was a lot of hate for the guy. There was definitely a lot of hate for the guy because he was kind of a douche.
0: Yeah, not probably for sure.
1: He was a douche. And with the PED suspension, I think the expectation was he'd regress. But he seems to regain his form.
0: I think the good thing is that Fawn won uh, out in on this one. What if Mavada fun-
1: have him as MVP? I think there's no way he ever wins that.
0: Let me pull it up real quick.
1: And I guess – I don't think he's – he's definitely not going to win it the year coming off a of suspension. If I set the over-under at .5 MVPs in his entire career, which take?
0: Yeah, I would take the over.
1: You think he gets one, even with the PED suspension in the past?
0: Uh, he actually is the third highest odds to win the NL right now.
1: I just don't see him getting the writer's support. I would. I don't think. I don't know if it ever happens.
0: Oh, he's plus eleven hundred. I would still take the over. That's a long contract. People are eventually forgiving. Muncie walk off grand slam versus the Phillies. That's always just a cool thing. First Dodgers is Andre Ethier in two thousand ten. Shohei became the really second like Shohei became the second player other than Babe Ruth uh, with 500 strikeouts as a pitcher, 100 home runs as a hitter in their career. Shout out to the White Sox, who last Sunday on April 30th ended a 10-game loser streak versus the Rays by scoring seven runs in the eighth and the ninth. Um, and then the following Sunday had an 11-run second inning and a 17-4 to victory versus the Reds. Um, it's second time since 1901 that the Reds had four home runs in a game and still lost by 10 runs.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Shout out to the Mariners. Um, they put up a seventh spot with two outs in the eighth to beat the Astros seven, five after being down five, nothing. They had a 96% chance of losing that game on Saturday with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. Good win probability there. Shout out to Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, Eight scoreless against the Mets in a 2-0 victory. I forgot to start him in fantasy, so that sucked. Um, But no Tiger starter in the Comerica Park era has ever had a five-start stretch um, with 34 and two-thirds innings plus and allowing only two runs over a five-start span. wonder where he gets traded.
1: Could be the Astros.
0: That'd be an interesting replacement. Uh, multi-homer games this week. Loris Guriel against the Nats. Congrats. He's a U.S. citizen now, too. Marcelo Zuno versus the Marlins. Christian Walker versus the Rangers. And Ryan Mountcastle versus the Royals. Fun names. All right. Tough week for us this week. There's a lot of guys that we have over the course of this podcast um, maybe turned into memes, but for the most part, they're warranted. It's either because they were unbelievable players or we wanted them to remain unbelievable players. Uh, this remind, this falls into the latter category. The dark night will not be rising. Uh, this weekend, former all-star right-hander Matt Harvey took to Instagram to announce his retirement, saying, I have to say this is my time to say thank you and goodbye. To the fans, most importantly, New York Met fans, you made a dream come true to me, a dream I could never have thought to have come true. Who would have thought a kid from Mystic, Connecticut, would be able to play in the greatest city in the world, his hometown, forever embedded in my heart? Selected out of North Carolina with the seventh overall pick of the 2010 draft. Made his debut during the 2012 campaign and had a 273 ERA in 10 starts. Um, and the following season, that was when the Dark Knight truly, truly was on the scene. 178 in the third innings, uh, 227 ERA, 2.01 fifth. Struck out 27.7% of batters he faced while walking just 4.5% batters. Uh, he was his lone all star appearance of his career and a top four finish in the Cy Young Award uh, voting. Next, however, uh, his year was cut short when he had Tommy John surgery. Missed the end of 2013, missed the entirety of 2014 while rebounding. And then after that was back. I mean, he – you talk about that Mets triumphant of Wheeler, Syndergaard, Mats, Grom, obviously. Harvey was the guy, um, and that can't be forgotten. And He led them to the World Series that year, 271 ERA and 189, a third innings back. Uh, During the postseason, he did 304 ERA and 26 and two-thirds innings as the Mets advanced past the Dodgers and the Cubs to face the Royals in the World Series. Most famously, was it game two? Where he came out for the ninth and they ended up losing the game because he convinced Terry to let him come out. I think it was later in the series than that, but it might have been game five, honestly. It might have been the clincher. Yeah. But he he
1: did it's a sad story, the Matt Hardy. Though.
0: Yeah. Oh. I mean, then he got injured again in 2016, 486 ERA in 93 and two thirds innings. Uh and then once he got that thoracic outlet syndrome it was really just never the same. 615 ERA and 446 and two-thirds innings following the surgery. DFA'd by the Mets in 2018. He pitched for the Reds, Angels, Royals, Orioles, served a 60 game suspension uh, for participating in the distribution of prohibited drug of abuse and violation of the Joint Drug Prevention and Treatment Program, which was part of the death of Tyler Skaggs. Uh, he pitched in the minor league, 371 ERA and in 17 in third innings. Tried to get back with Team Italy in the WBC, but nobody signed him despite a 1-2-9 ERA and in seven innings of work. Um, and all in all, 4 for 2 ERA, 96 in the third innings, 50 wins, and 867 strikeouts. And to me, as a kid who, you know, was in high school when Harvey hit the scene, uh, one of, if not the biggest what-ifs, uh, not just New York sports, but honestly all of baseball in the last 20 or so years.
1: I think it's not a stretch to say. Um, for a time, Matt Harvey was the most popular athlete in New York.
0: Uh, in twenty when he came up? Absolutely. Because you have to remember, this was at a time, too, the Giants had just won a Super Bowl, but then we're going on a five- to six-year drought where we did nothing. Jets are the Jets. Um, the Knicks, you know, we're good, but, you know, we're they still the a but a
1: ceiling. The Nets had a washed KG but an obvious ceiling. I mean, Harvey was going to range. The Rangers were good, but hockey players don't carry that cachet here. Harvey was, when Harvey was at the Rangers games, he was the story of these games. It's, um, and if you want to read the Greek epic of, uh, Oh my God. Oh my God. He's like Icarus. It, it's almost an Icarus story where he came. Flew,
0: with- he flew close to the sun. He, the, the New York media showered him with love, gave him this persona and he fully bought into it. He was seen in the tabloids partying when he shouldn't have been partying. Um, so look, it's a precautionary tale for a couple, a couple of reasons. One, it's, you know, don't buy into your own hype too much all right. Two, the injuries were killer. I mean, to get Tommy John and thoracic within a couple years stretch, no pitchers coming back from that. Um, except Justin Verlander, I guess who did have both surgeries, but he's a first ballot Hall of Famer for a reason. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a guy, I mean, it's crazy when you look at his career numbers, when he had a four, four, two ERA, when all was said and done, because those first two years with the Mets, he was just so exciting. And Uh, You know, was on the short list of guys that, you know, coming off of the 2013 season, if you were to say 10 years out, best Pavada picks to win multiple Cy Youngs in the next decade, it still would have been Harvey. Uh, He still may have been at the top of the list. And he basically, he basically was, we all thought he was going to be what Jacob DeGrom became.
1: Correct. DeGrom is living out what Harvey was supposed to be. And obviously the drug is this. The drug relate anything drug related is such a it's a separate conversation. Just the guy on the field was he was he was supposed he was he was supposed to be the ground and he ended up being that good without the highs.
0: Yeah, it's it's true. The whole the whole thing is just insane. So congrats to Harvey. Big what if we wish you the best of luck in retirement. We'll certainly miss you. Uh, one guy who is back in Tommy John surgery he made his return against the Dodgers this Tuesday for the Phillies, Bryce Harper. I, 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 this to me is unbelievable. I know Harper is a crazy competitor. One of my favorites ever. I mean, a future hall of famer. Uh, the pendulum is now officially swung back to him being rated right where he's supposed to be. He was underrated. He was overrated, et cetera. He got Tommy John surgery after the world series in November. And they said he should be back in July. Uh, but the team deliberately never put him on the 60-day injured list. Um, and Dr. Neil Atrachi, uh, the LA based surgeon who performed his Tommy John surgery, um, he cleared him to play. So for now, Harper's DH'ing. Eventually he'll play first base. We're probably a full season away from the outfield. Um, but this is just incredible. I mean, even last year, dealing with the UCL tear in his elbow and missing time with the broken thumb, uh, still at a 138 WAC WRC plus, hit 286, 364, 514. Was by far the best hitter on a team that took the Astros the sixth game in the World Series, uh, one World Series MVP and NLCS and MVP. MVP. Thank you. And, you know, had a rough first game back against the Dodgers, Julio Urias, tough lefty on the mound. Um, but these are Harper's stats for, again, he had no spring training. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. His first real live at bats were in the major leagues 19 at bats, seven hits, six runs, one homer, three walks, 455 on base percentage.
1: It's good. No, it's
0: all you could do is laugh and just say, unbelievable.
1: He's, he's what baseball needs. He is. He's the best thing. Uh, He's the most marketable guy in the sport. He's the most exciting player in the sport when he's healthy. And it's good that it's it's, like you said, everybody's on the hard bandwagon. It's a good day for Bryce's.
0: Good day for Bryce's. Um, All right. Let's talk about the Cardinals and Wilson Contreras real quick. Um, Deeming it to be a long-term strategy to improve both inefficiency behind the plate and an underperforming pitching staff, they have moved Wilson Contreras to the DH role, revoking his starting catching duties for the the time being. Um, The initial plan said he's going to play some outfield to keep his bat in the lineup. Uh, However, the Cardinals reverse course saying we won't play him in the outfield, according to John Mosley. I know that came out yesterday, but I have to talk with him. It's basically going to be more in the DH role right now. There's a light at the end of the tunnel to get back behind the plate. I don't anticipate him in the outfield unless there's some sort of emergency reason. Everything was moving quickly yesterday. A lot of things were going out there. His hope is he gets a chance behind the plate. That's what we're going to work towards. Uh, Ali Marmol said, there are ways to make sure Contreras is bad as in the lineup while we execute our plan internally. Um, how long is that going to take? That I don't have an answer for, but there's one plan that we feel good about to make sure uh, where we're going to give him where he's comfortable for our pitchers are comfortable executing. This, again. Ray
1: St. Louis. It's a mess.
0: Five years, $87.5 million. This guy's a multi-time all-star catcher. He was a starting catcher on a World Series team as a rookie. Uh, that Cubs team in 2016, that broke the 108-year curse. He was the starting catcher. I just don't get how you fumble the bag here so badly. I I, I mean, look, you had to know this guy wasn't going to be Yachty defensively. You played against him 16 to 19 times a year. Every year, he was with the Cubs. This guy wanted to be Cardinal. He wanted to be the replacement for Yachty, take up that mantle. And the fact that you're stripping him of his starting catching bill, uh, bill, uh, role, some forty something games in the year. It's just an embarrassing look for the organization, and it almost just shows perhaps why this organization is so reliant on acquiring stars in trades. You know, going back to McGuire, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Matt Holiday, um, just because free agency has kind of been a bugaboo for them.
1: If yeah, it's a, it's a terrible look. It's it, they thought they won the offseason, You know, their biggest rivals, top agency. And at the end of the day, it's it's not working out. I think this is a precursor to the Marmol move. This is like a last-ditch effort. I guess that's all the Cardinals talk circles back to eventually dismissal of Ali Marmol.
0: I agree with you. This does seem just like another precursor to Marmol getting fired. And the funny part to me is they talk about Kacharis' defense, uh, this and that, in regards to the pitching being bad. At what point do you just take a look in the mirror and just realize your pitching might just not be that
1: good? That was what we said about them all offseason. We knew they were an R-short.
0: I mean, you have a lot of guys who are good innings eaters and vets, Wayne Wright, Stephen Matz. But, you know, I, I guess they were banking on Flaherty to return to that ace-like form, and obviously he has not done that. But
1: Yeah, he's about to get cut from the fantasy team. I,
0: I don't know how much you can blame. Uh, I don't know. I feel bad for Contreras. Uh, to me, you're embarrassing, not only a marquee free agent signing, um, but also a vet. And it's the second time this year that they publicly put somebody out to dry in St. Louis. To sound like a broken
1: record, which I don't mind doing. Pools was really good the second half of the year. Pools was probably a top five hitter in the NL the second half of last season.
0: And the vibes were just very high.
1: And the vibes were high with him and Yadi. And Contreras, like, Contreras was a great leader on the Cubs, but this is going into a new situation. That leadership doesn't always transfer. Take it from a guy who recently got uh, transferred at work. Your leadership doesn't always translate from one job to another.
0: Nope. No, it certainly does not. I want to play a quick tribute real quick uh, to Vita Blue, um, flamethrowing left-hander who became the youngest MVP in ALNL history in 1971 and helped the A's win three straight World Series from 72 to 74. He passed away Saturday at the age of 73. Um, He's the only pitcher ever with 200-plus wins as Cy Young, and MVP, and three rings. Um, there's a lot of guys that I went through to try to see if they matched it. By the blue is the only one. Uh, he made 18 appearances over his first MVP.
1: Two... Cy Young and three rings,
0: and 200 wins.
1: Verlander with another ring. Guess
0: Okay, that's a big thing though. I know that was. I was like Bob Gibson. He's a ring short. Um, Kershaw is a couple rings short at this point. Clemens. Clemens is a ring short. Clemens only has two rings. Clemens only won in 99 and 2000. Yeah, that's fair. So Blue made 18 appearances over his first two seasons, uh, with, which was a preview of things to come. And two starts after throwing a one-hit shutout against the Royals in Kansas City through a no-hitter, uh, 1971. At 21 years and 55 days old, he remains the youngest player since the live ball era to throw a no-hitter. Uh, that go, that's going back to 1920. Uh, 71, he won the Cy Young and MVP, 24-8, 182 ERA, 301 strikeouts over 312 innings. Uh, he made six all-star teams uh, during a 17-year career. That saw him spend time with the Giants, Roy's, and obviously the A's. Uh, then following his breakout season in 71, Constantly at odds with A's owner Chuck Finley, uh, even going as far as stepping away from the game to take a job with a steel company. Uh, They eventually came to an agreement facilitated by Commissioner Bowie Kuhn, and he made his return to the A's in 72. Nine season there, three straight rings, three all stars. We traded to San Francisco in 78. Uh, He made three more all stars with the Giants, including the starting nine for the NL in 78. He uh, became the first pitcher to start the All Star game for both leagues. Um, also off the field, um, on fourth, he was involved in the MLB cocaine scandal. So again, you know we talked about Matt Harvey earlier. By the Blues, a big what if I think for similar reasons. Um, ton of innings early that were taxing. You know the A's kind of blew his arm out there, um, and then obviously towards the back end of the career with the drugs, but. Uh, a guy who I think gets lost in the shuffle because he's not one of those inner circle Hall of Famer guys, but Cy Young, MVP. But he's not a Hall of Famer. That's what I'm saying. Because he's not a Hall of Fame guy, he doesn't get talked amongst the best in the 70s and 80s as much. Why is he not? I feel like he meets most
1: of the criteria. I mean, 209-161,
0: 327 ERA, 2,175 strikeouts, 143 complete games, 37 shutouts. Uh, he's a guy to me when you look at a guy uh, like Tony Oliva getting in on the offensive side of things recently, uh, Vita blue almost seems like the pitching equivalent to that. You know, the Cy Young, the MVP, the no hitter. It's like you said, he, he checks just about all the boxes. Um, and he's a guy that if he pitched today with those, I take the complete games out of the equation, obviously, but with the rest of those numbers, we're probably looking at as a hall of famer. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see now that he's passed, if he's a guy who gets a groundswell of support on one of these ballots. Um, but a hell of a career and thoughts out to Vita Blue's family. And a trivia question that Vita Blue is the answer to that um, has stumped me many times. And I would say the bivouac odds of even the best baseball minds um, getting this question right are very slim. The last switch hitter to win the American League MVP award is Vita Blue.
1: Yeah, I saw that going around this week.
0: Odd. It's very odd. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this just because I hate giving morons a platform, but Glenn Kuyper, uh, just do better, dude. Um, the broadcaster for the A's, which I thought it was Dwayne Kuyper at first. who's a longtime commentator of the Giants, so I was even more upset. Um, but long story short, during the game Friday um, on NBC Sports California, they were playing the Royals. They were talking about the uh, Negro League Museum and to be blunt. He said the N-word on air.
1: He's done this before.
0: Yeah, he has done this before. They dug it up. And it's just, uh, you know, And in light of the past couple of days, it's, uh, you know, Kuiper saying this, uh, Bob Huggins yesterday, uh, the West Virginia basketball coach, you know, uh, using an LGBT slur in an interview talking about it, Xavier basketball. Uh, it's just, look, you shouldn't be saying these things publicly, period. You never should have. Or privately. Or privately, yes. But uh, it's just like, have common sense. Like where has common sense gone in this world? Uh, and to me, uh, if Kyper never calls a game again because of this, so be it, dude. I think it's just move on.
1: It's 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 nice to give people the benefit of the doubt. But he's such a this is so stupid. It's and he does have a track record of doing this. I think you just have to tell him to pack his bags. He said a racist slur on air.
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying one is worse than the other, but to me, this the Reds did the right thing. They fired um, Marty Brederman almost immediately, and to me, when I heard this, my reaction to this versus that was infinitely worse. When I heard this, (laughs) no, Brederman's was malicious.
1: This actually could this came across as more of a slip of the tongue, which was just moronic. Brennerman's was malicious, um, but either way, I think. I get the- it. I just
0: don't think you make the slip of the tongue unless you're saying that word otherwise, but whatever. I digress. It's bad. Glad yep. the A's got him off air. Uh, injury report. Luis Garcia, Tommy John surgery. He's going to miss all of this year. Good chunk of 2024 as well. Herman uh, Marquez for the Rockies. He's getting Tommy John surgery. He's out for this year. Good chunk of next year as well. Yanks bullpen taking another hit. Lou Trevino, Tommy John surgery. We're going to talk about him as part of the Cashman trade acquisitions in a second. Uh, Jonathan Lawizga. So he's out for the year. Jonathan Lawizga, bone spur in his throwing elbow. He's out till at least September. Kyle Wright, 15-day injury list with shoulder inflammation. Tyler Maley, um, he's going to be out four weeks due to a posterior impregnant and a flexor pronator strain. Brandon Crawford and Mike Yastrzemski, 10-day injury list for the Giants. Pete Fairbanks, 15-day injury list uh, due to inflammation in his right forearm. And um garrett clevenger tours acl against the yanks tough hit for the bullpen of the royals or excuse me the rays this past week royals former ray ryan yarborough 15-day injured list thank god he's okay did you see this uh he's got head fractures he took a liner right off the side of the face scary shit
1: yeah no, baseball's scary
0: tyler o'neill 10-day injured list with lower back strain Vince scalasquez 15-day injured list right apple inflammation Jose Cajada, he is on the injured list uh due to elbow inflammation. And that's all the injuries I got this week. Um quick miscellaneous news. Liam Hendricks is back. Uh threw a one, two, three, perfect inning in his first rehab start for the AAA Charlotte Knights on Friday night. Uh one, two, three, nine pitches, strikeouts. Just makes me happy. Good story. Keep doing your thing, Liam. Uh, it's looking like we're getting our first baseball game, our first MLB game in Korea next year. Dodgers Padres to start the season.
1: Back your bags, Chase. We're going.
0: I don't know about that. Uh, Padres infielder Hassan Kim, uh, that's his home nation. Um, and the Dodgers obviously have a lot of history there, too. Um, Chan Ho Park was the first Korean born player uh, with the team. And additionally, Hunjing Ryu became the first Korean player to start an All Star game. And would you get this if you were an A's fan? Obviously, the team's trying to move. Then we'll the do tweets of the week. They're selling a summer pass that will allow you GA. Uh, admission into the stadium for thirty-seven games for a total of ninety-nine dollars, and you get a T-shirt. I Think as much as they hate the A's, that'd be really hard for me to pass up.
1: Hundred bucks for every, pretty much every game and a T-shirt. Yeah, I feel like well, it's just let's say the T-shirt's worth twenty bucks. So how many games do you have to go to to make the other seventy-nine?
0: Four. Well, it depends what you value the A's games at.
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like you could probably, you could probably like, sneak your way around it and just buy the tickets for less. I can't imagine. I mean, I'll check. I'll I'll do a check on how much the A's tickets are going for. All
0: right, tweets of the week. Um, these are Brian Cashman's pickups at the deadline last year. Frankie Montas threw thirty nine and two third innings for the Yankees. Um, F. Ross, Tommy John surgery. Trevino, Tommy John surgery. Bader arrived hurt, was hurt this year. Um, and Carlos Rodon is yet to pitch this year. So Carlos Rodon was a free agent signer, but we're going to loop him in to Cashman's last couple moves. At what point does this guy just start to have a bad track record unless he's signing the upper, upper free agents a la Garrett Cole? And at what, point does, at what point does Hal give a shit? Or he just doesn't?
1: I I, I think he's like, I, I don't know. They don't, Hal doesn't like to make moves. If you like to make moves, we'd have a different manager and a different GM by
0: now. And happy fan base. Uh, here are two tweets to show how bad it is for the A's. One I said to you this week. The first one's the from tickets Codify. are
1: still like nine bucks for a
0: weeknight game. All right, this first one's from Codify. Bryce Harper had Tommy John surgery and completely recover for it in the time that it took an A starter to win a game. Resentious. This was coming into Monday's game against the Yankees. This is from James Smythe. Um, last year, Jose Altuve. All star year. We both said probably had the best year of any second baseman in baseball. Had 300, five 387, 533. This year, all hitters versus the A's rotation earning 301, 386, 529. So every hitter in baseball this year is a peak Altuve season versus the A's rotation. It's ridiculous. Rangers, 221 runs through their first 33 games, club record most by any MLV team since 2000. Um, what's more ridiculous, that A's thing or the fact that in 65, Koufax had 95 more strikeouts than base runners allowed?
1: The A's thing is just ridiculous. <laughs> Everything
0: um, Since 2020, all other guys in the Red Sox have one walk-off hit. Alex Verdugo has six, and he joins Andrew Jones and Barry Bonds as the only players with three-plus walk-off hits in their team's first 30 games of a season since RBIs became an official stat in 1920. Who holds note? Um, the Cardinals and Angels matchup last week. It was the first time the teams played one another without Pujols in either lineup. Top. We miss him. Um, Bryce Miller and Mason Miller back to the Millers. Only pair of rookies in the modern era to combine for 15 plus strikeouts and two or four fewer hits in the game. And they're the only pair of starters with the same last name to do so in the modern era rookie or not. Um, Cardinals started the year 10 and 20 This is from Howie Schwab and then suffer the 20th loss until game 44 last season. And they're the first team to start a season 0-11 in season openers since the Royals in 1981.
1: I don't think that was a good Royals team. Actually, no. it may have been.
0: No. Well, they won the World Series the year before. Weird season, though, because they were the two halves, so ignore it. Uh, this is from Codify. Last year, there were 821 home runs in the first 450 games of the season. This year in 447 games, 1,012. Baseball's doing what they want. Offense is up.
1: I'm looking at that 81 Royals. This guy on the 81 Royals, Dennis Leonard, has an all-time Fumanchu. I'll
0: look it up in a sec. From Sarah Langs, Cody Clemens is a third-position player to pitch consecutive team games in the expansion era. Uh, That's Roger's kid for those keeping track at home. Shout-out to Jose Trevino. In extra innings as a Yankee, he's got eight plate appearances, three walk-off hits. Chicago White Sox were intentionally walked five times this week uh, in a game, and it's only the second time in MLB history – my team's given five in, five intentional walks but lost the game. We were talking about Luis Arias last week. This was going into Friday's game. He can hit 268 the rest of the season and still bat 300 if he finishes with the same at-bats as last year. What a stud. <laughs> if, you,
1: if anyone is still listening, the 1981 Royals baseball reference page might have the most chewing tobacco I've ever seen. Amongst the top ten
0: players, it this guy is. this guy kind of looks like. Uh, do you know the actor Aaron Eckert? He played Harvey Dent in the Batman movie. Kind of looks like him with the mustache and a mullet. Um, let me see. Uh,
1: I could I, Harvey Dent before his face got burned.
0: All right, while you do that, I'll finish tweets. Um, the Red Sox in the series against the Blue Jays this week: fifty-eight hits, thirty-two runs, twelve doubles, nine homers, nine steals. The last team to reach all of those numbers in a single season was the Giants, nineteen twenty-one. This is from Sarah Langs. Wilmer Flores now has nine pinch at homers since the start of 2016, two more than anybody else. AJ AJ Pollock is the first player in MLB history uh, to deliver a game-tying home run in the eighth inning or later um, in the bottom third of the order. This is from Alex Mayer. When Ty France faced JP France, it was the first batter-pitcher combo whose last names are the same, and they are from the same country since 1997. And last but not least, big week for Javi Baez and the Tigers. He went six consecutive complete games without a strikeout. And if you don't think that's insane, you haven't been paying attention. Based on your facial reaction, you were surprised as well. Very surprised. Good for him.
1: He actually, I feel like he got called out recently, and it seems to have worked. Or maybe I'm misremembering him getting called out, or just think I'm the one that keeps calling him out. But whatever Hinch said, somebody said something to him, for him not to strike out in six games is incredible.
0: Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, uh, to me, for any hitter, to, uh, candidly, not to strike out for six games in the modern baseball is impressive. It shouldn't be, but that's sort of just what the game is nowadays. Uh, any any concluding thoughts for this week's podcast?
1: Nothing really. Be you know, be smart. Don't say slurs. Don't drink and drive.
0: Those are good. Uh, mine will be, I'm officially on the anti-James family bandwagon. Uh, Thank Bron- you. Bronny James is going to USC. Um, and my dad actually pointed out, it's it's twofold for my family, actually, because not only is he going to USC, but all LeBron has preached for years and years is, Ohio State, I would have gone to Ohio State. I love Ohio State. Well, your kid didn't fucking go to Ohio State. So you burned the entire Midorski family on this one. So, uh, I'm so excited (laughs) for him to blow a three, one lead. Oh my God. Except for the fact that all I'm going to hear from my warriors fan friends is three, one lead again, three, one lead. And I lose no matter what, whoever wins that series. And my other concluding thought would be, I'm going to have a baseball movie review next week. Going to see the new Yogi Baradoc on Thursday. I'm excited to see that. So good for Yogi with Bryce Holden. My name is Jason Norski. This is the underdog sports baseball show. Have a great week.